0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more. Um, Stock markets and how the market is working these days is clearly on a lot of people's minds. People kind of want to know that uh, the market moves in intelligible reason or way or direction. and It's not always that simple. And sometimes I wish it was a little, how shall we say, easier than it actually is. Um, the stock market had a little hiccup yesterday to say the least, and I don't know you 're saying little hiccup it 's kind of funny because I, I work my day based on east Coast time, and i kind of i don 't really pay a lot of attention the last hour um, in large part, I kind of look at that as amateur hour and if it 's going to close super down super down 's fine If it 's going to close super up super up 's fine i 'll deal with it the next morning. So the stock market had a little hiccup yesterday. All the major stock indices all finished modestly lower, pressured by underperformance of the information technology sector. It was a move that probably was overdue considering the Dow Jones Industrial Average had been riding a nine-day winning streak. That's not common. It's not normal. and It's not healthy. What else is healthy is North Korea is threatened to test a hydrogen bomb in the Pacific Ocean. Here's my knowledge of, of testing a hydrogen bomb in the Pacific Ocean. I have to imagine that Japan is frightened to death because I think that's how Godzilla was made. I could be wrong, but I think it had something to do with nuclear testing on in the ocean. I know you're saying you're being silly, aren't you? Yes, I am. I i North Korea basically got shut down by China. China said, we're going to tell our banks to stop doing business with North Korea. North Korea's proven pretty you know, pit bullish. You know, There's an excuse to take money off the table when you're up nine days in a row. Sometimes it's like, woohoo, I've made money. I'm going go to go take myself to a bacon dinner. And sometimes it's North Korea. All three major averages reached gains between 32 and 4.7%. North Korea's latest threat is not a good thing, but put in proper context, a six-point drop in the S&P futures. Uh, Overnight, uh, basically you had Asia and Europe all go lower, and then you had the 10-year note go down to 2.26%. It tells you that there's not a lot of real anxiety. I was reading some research yesterday about what's going on with... Kim Jong Un and Wall Street just doesn't really seem to matter all that much. Uh, we're not putting a lot of value into his craziness, in my opinion. Apple's fallen about seven eight percent now since the end of August, applying some heavy pressure. On the NASDAQ and on the SP 500, because it's such a large company and it's, those are market weighted indices. The sector is perhaps running into a wall IT of resistance as it's basically had a great year. If you take a look at Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, um, so there's going to be some profit taking. We are almost in the final three months of the year. Dun, da, da, da. 100 days or less till Christmas. Dun, da, da, da. <sighs> Question on the mind of people right now is follow through. Will the market, you know, kind of tank lower, or will it hold some sort of support at some sort of point in time? Keep in mind, we haven't had a good five to ten percent correction in what feels like a year, and those are normal and those are healthy. So um but when you don't get them when they do happen you're like i am going to panic um and get upset and there's some truth in that so it's something you got to pay attention to of you know how, how, do things get out of control and i i think it's a little early to say anything kind of like that but i'm throwing it out there so the broader market if you exclude tech has held up reasonably well even though tech stocks have had relative weakness as of late because the broader markets hit record highs. The question, again, is follow through, follow through, follow through. There's some corporate developments. Uh, T-Mobile and Sprint are reportedly close to striking a merger deal. For you and me, I think that's bad news because it takes four players and boils it down to three. Texas Instruments and McDonald's have announced dividend increases. Um, that's good. If, for those you who like income, both very sexy companies. For those of you who like growth, neither really are. Although the McDonald's has had a heck of a 52-week run, it typically doesn't have that much of growth in it. CarMax reported better-than-expected earnings, and regulators are reportedly discussing removing the systemically important financial institution designation for AIG. Um, so, kind of good news. When one of your big insurance companies... Uh, Loses its stagnation as kind of like a weakling. Um, That's kind of good news. We're working with it, right? This day and age, we're working with stuff. As you get older, your body starts to creak just a little bit more. And you kind of are ultimately working with things. So some of the other big stories out there, Trump, Donald Trump is calling madman Kim Jong-un. He says he's going to be tested like never before. Mm, What does that mean? Well, President Donald Trump called North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, obviously a madman. And I think they've called each other donkeys before. And they said he's going to be tested like never before in a tweet early Friday morning. Hello, donkey. Kim Jong-un of North Korea, who is obviously a madman, who doesn't mind starving or killing his people, will be tested like never before. Kim has... Launched a salvo of threats aimed at the U.S. president on Thursday, referring to him as an unprecedented, rude nonsense one has never heard from any of his predecessors. I believe Trump called him a rocket man and uh, threatened to totally destroy the country. Speech made by the president uh, in front of the U.N. is the prevailing serious circumstance going on right now. It could be the most possible powerful detonation of H-bomb in the Pacific that South Korea and North Korea are starting to talk about. So, um, and no one really knows what's happening. No one really has a gauge on. Is this North Korea just up in the ante with rhetoric? They've been throwing missiles around like they have lotled, and I think that's one of the things that you can walk away with. So everything's kind of twisted. But again, Wall Street doesn't seem to be too upset, all things considered. So. We pay attention to that. Um, Other big stories of note today. Uh, Obviously, heading into a weekend uh, on a day where there's some selling action going on is something that has a lot of people thinking, you know, how far does this go? How low does this go? So... Um, 800-516-1220, teacher calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220, teacher calls on the air. Hurricane Maria is thrashing Puerto Rico. It's been a big year of storms, um, and that continues to be the case. A lot of articles right now out about um, L Brands and Victoria's Secret and how the brand is struggling so with inventory problems and with millennials. So uh, Victoria's cust- Victoria's Secrets customers say they're shopping there far less because they feel the brand is fake. You don't like hearing brands fake. That's not good. Um, anyway, we'll talk soon. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Ron Black, talking all things financial. Give me a call, pick the phone. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. T-Mobile is close to agreeing to tentative terms on a deal to merge with Peer Sprint and basically an effort to merge with the third and fourth to kind of become a bigger three. Japan's SoftBank, which controls Sprint, will own between 40 and 50 percent of the combined company. T-Mobile owner of Deutsche Telekom or T-Mobile owner Deutsche Telekom would own a majority stake in the merged company. Once the deal term sheet has been finalized, due diligence by the two companies will follow and a deal is expected by the end of October. So, what does that mean for you and me? It means fewer choices, um, and less competition. And it kind of feels like the big boys need this—the Verizons, the AT&Ts. Their stocks haven't been doing great, and they've been—they've resorted to charging you excess data, to giving you unlimited data, and they do it on their own little stingy ways where. Yeah, it's unlimited data, but you get the average plan and you get to get the below average plan and save five dollars or you can get the above average plan and um, pull in an extra, you know, $15 a month for the cost to you. So um, anyway, worthy of note. That, that's out there. eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 to get calls on the air. One less competitor. <laughs> uh, worthy of, you know, again, think of the Monopoly board. If you're playing with four people and two of them partner up, and it's going to be tougher to win, right? You're going to be landing on their space a little more often. So, Jamie Dimon warns of a big shutdown in Bitcoin. Now, he is a big banker, and he almost appears to be picking on Bitcoin on some levels JP Morgan chief executive Jamie Dimon has laid into bitcoin and digital currencies today he did it last week he's warning the governments that will shut them down if they grow too large he says right now these crypto things things are kind of a novelty people think they're kind of neat but the bigger they get the more uh, governments are going to close them down dimon was concerned with bitcoin ethereum and various initial coin offerings uh, that are Kind of getting everywhere now. Celebrities like Jamie Fox are jumping on them, and Floyd Mayweather are jumping on them and trying to get you to buy somehow through them. I, I haven't really studied it because I don't feel comfortable with it. So in the last couple of days, um, earlier this month when Jamie Dimon took a shot at Bitcoin, you saw Bitcoin fall from forty three hundred and forty dollars per coin all the way down to twenty nine hundred and eighty one. That's too much of a roller coaster for me. Uh oh uh oh. Uh, uh. uh, GM invest. GM General Motors. A couple of years ago, we did a story about Ford investing in city bikes. And you're like, bicycles, Ford, and like, you're like, are they going to fold up and fit neatly into a Ford trunk? What's what's the twist? And now you shouldn't see their bikes all over cities. But General Motors is making a big push into wind power. The automaker has announced that it is purchasing 200 megawatts of wind energy from wind farms in Ohio and Illinois. And once the turbines are online, next year, 20% of the company's global electricity usage will be powered by renewables. The electricity generated will supply seven plants, including those that make the Chevy Cruze and the Silverado and the GMC Sierra light pickup trucks. GM announced last year that it intends to source all electricity needs at its facilities worldwide with renewable energy by 2050. Which is starting to get to the point where I might be dead, but we're going to be on a greener planet. One of the criticisms of zero emission vehicles as a cleaner transportation mode is that making the energy to power them causes pollution, if not as much, just not um, through the tailpipe. So GM works towards advancing zero emission vehicles. It makes business, good business sense to try to become more uh, green all the way around. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Guess what we're thinking about now? It's that time of the year where we're going to start wanting to spend money on Halloween. More than 3.7 million children planned to dress as an action character superhero for Halloween this year, according to the National Retail Federation. That's a lot of kids, and that's a lot of money. Uh, Batman wasn't counted in that number, swooping in at number two, with 2.9 million electing to dress as the Dark Knight. But not everyone wants to be a hero. Um, 2.9 million children will dress as princesses. 2.2 million will dress as an animal. Now, I bring up the princesses because Disney makes a cut anytime your kid dresses up as a Disney princess. If you're buying with a Disney logo on it, costumes opt for darker powers um, amongst uh, adults. Where a record 48% plan to dress up this year. 48% of adults plan to dress up this year. Number one costume adults a witch and I've been a witch before Um, number number 11 on the list is Wonder Woman number 10 slasher movie villain number 9 Star Wars character number 8 DC superhero number 7 zombie number 6 vampire number 5 Marvel superhero like Spider-Man and Captain America number 4 pirates on the top of the list for adult costumes number 3 an animal like a cat or a dog we don't really have that much origination because I feel like I've been many of these in the last five years. Maybe a Batman character in number one, the witch. Uh, again, pointing out that we don't really have that much innovation or creativity as Halloween costumes go. J.C. Penney's going to hire forty thousand people for the holidays. I didn't even know J.C. Penney's had you know enough stores to support forty thousand people. Uh, Because we keep hearing the news about JCPenney, Sears, and Kmart, Walmart. Well, not Walmart. um, But how they're all struggling. Elsewhere in the world of business news, Time is in the news today. Time is looking to sell some of its assets, including Time, UK units, and several U.S. magazines, while it's warning that third-quarter advertising revenue is going to be softer than expected. Time publishes Fortune, People, Sports Illustrated, Time Magazine. And they're going to sell off some of those holdings. Several months after entertaining bids earlier this year to acquire the media company, um, struggling Rolling Stone, struggling. So you know what the internet has done to digital is is real. So at night when I pick up an iPad, um, I'm basically not picking up a magazine. And maybe I'm going to YouTube. Maybe I am going to you know Yahoo Sports or ESPN and giving them some advertising eyeballs. But maybe I'm not. So. Um, lot going on. The sell-offs of you know these magazines are meant to shape in its strategic focus around its key brands and verticals. And no one really knows how much the current stage of each divestiture is going to play out. Time reported a second quarter net loss of $44 million with print digital and other advertising of $374 It's down 12% year-over-year. Circulation's down 12% year-over-year. And a couple years ago, I became... Not a couple years ago, many years ago, I became... Downright pissed at how many catalogs were coming to my home, and then I started looking at like magazines. I'm like, I'm downright pissed. So, it's 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 that kind of issue. Um, worthy of note, uh, London has decided not to renew Uber's license, and that is a disaster for London at this point in time because Uber is such a transportation, you know, reliever in big transit markets. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. The Uber ban will hurt a majority of London residents who do not live in the city center. It also ends 40,000 jobs. It is a radio. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing and more. 800-516-1220 800 516 MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell had to apologize on Twitter which is that really an apology? Honey I killed your favorite cat I'm going to apologize on Twitter <laughs> um, I don't think it's really an apology if that's the best you can do so Lawrence O'Donnell apologized he is an anchor he threw the F-bomb uh, he basically freaked out because of the insanity in his earpiece a better man and a better person would have had a better reaction to technical difficulties I've had technical difficulties I had them on Monday and it went something like this uh Marco um I'm hearing an echo. There's no chance I could do a show like that for two straight hours without losing my mind. And is like, okay. Um, and you almost have to do a radio show to get the graspness. I mean, you're going to be working clocks and times and kind of get a concept of what you sound like. You almost, you can't have an echo. So Lawrence O'Donnell, if you go Google or YouTube this, the apology comes after... Um, A group released more than eight minute long clip that showed O'Donnell cursing and yelling at his staff over an apparent airpiece malfunction, which there's some classic ones. Chris Berman of ESPN has a fantastic one. And Bill O'Reilly back then of Extra, which is kind of funny to think about before he was conservative. He was an entertainment reporter. Totally freaked out on the staff um, due to technical difficulties where he didn't understand what a music video by Billy Joel was. And uh, it's funny to watch So Donald's frustration seemed to stem from a voice Discussing a Labor Day rundown uh, Leaking into his earpiece Someone in the control room's out of control He muttered And then he goes on to snap And I get it um, But again, constant reminder of You're always on camera Don't be a jerk um, Behave yourself In this day and age If you get into a car crash Do not get out of the car and freak out Today is the day Apple delivers its new products. And there's stories out there that there's new no lines. And there's stories out there that the iPhone is, uh, the iWatch is a bit of a disaster with its cellular connectivity. Apple delivered on some new products that were pre-ordered in the past week, such as the iPhone and the Apple Watch, which means it's time for the street to assess how they think sales are doing. Um, and analysts are going to be coming out and like doing some tink, 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 tinking one analyst comes out and again there's bad news out there the apple watch review on cellular is like it doesn't have great battery life if you use it without the cellular connection or gps it's got great battery life but without with it not so much the iphone 8 everyone's saying nice phone but why get that one when the 10's just around the corner literally in a month so I think Apple is a very smart company and knows a lot of what's going on. And, for instance, they've got an AirPod, a HomePod, coming out at some point in time. And we know this. We've seen it in the wild. Um, it's being tested. It's a speaker kind of like Amazon Echo. But they're really not saying much about it. I think it's a trick up their sleeve. So, you know, we've already seen that initial sales are slow for the iPhone 8. Analysts are starting to know that. Perhaps the iPhone 7 um, people are saying, you know, if I need a new phone, I'm gonna go with the seven versus the eight because they're pretty darn similar on a lot of levels, and the seven's a really good deal comparative to the eight right now. And then some people are be waiting for the ten, but Instant, which is a, it sounds like a, a, a wireless technology or technology to transfer data, but it's not. But it's research house. They reiterated a buy today on Apple, and 185 dollar stock price. Uh, Writing that the iPhone 8 shipment tracker indicates that pre-orders have not uh, been as robust as during the 7 cycle. And he basically notes the U.S. The average ship time is 5 to 7 days. Below that, what's peaked in the past of 8 to 15 days. In China, it's steady at 7 to 14 days. He concludes supply is catching up to demand faster than we thought. So, he thinks people are waiting for the 10. Which is a unifying theme that the iPhone 8 reviewers... You know, say the changes are incremental, incremental, but they think consumers are waiting for the feature-rich 10, just as they did for the dual-camera feature of the 7 Plus. Um, he expects the larger 8 Plus form factor to be more at risk from the X, from the 10, and its lower lead time suggests this to be true. So. Um, you know, he cannot rule out the possibility that the overall iPhone demand is suffering from the rise in installment plans and, of course, high average selling prices. But he's not going there yet. He still thinks people are waiting for the 10. I'd be interested in your thought. Uh, I touch my phone a lot during the day. I touch my phone more than I touch a computer, more than I touch a microphone. So Piper Jaffray is a little bit more proactive. Where the analyst at Instanet was a little bit more, we're a little curious on why the eight's not selling as well and lead times are short. And the 10, you know, we're we're kind of pegging some thoughts on that. The Piper Jaffrey's out there saying, let's call this a $196 stock. People have decided they're going to wait for the 10 definitively. Uh, So, he moved 500 iPhone units from September 17 to December 17, and March 18, as potential buyers wait for that iPhone 10, it's noteworthy that a mixed shift towards the 10, even to the detriment of the 8, is positive for Apple, because the average selling prices and the margins. So, he moves his price target all the way up to 196. Keep in mind, this has been a stock that has been getting hit. Um, Again, it was a buy on the rumor of uh, July, August, September, and then sell on the news, oh, well, that's what we're getting. So striking a little bit of balance, Gene Munster's out there. So Piper Jaffray is saying people are waiting for the 10, let's push it up to 196. Um, Instinet saying people are a little freaked out, you know, the 8's not that great, so he has a $185 target. And Gene Munster concludes that sales of both the 8 and 10 look to be fairly healthy, all things considered. Um, again, looking at the demographics in the United States, he found that those planning to buy the iPhone in the next year, 25% plan on purchasing an iPhone 10, 39% um, the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. So he's modeling for the 10 to be 20% of units over the next year, and the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus to be 25%, which is interesting. Um, he's suggesting that 64% of iPhones the next year will be either the iPhone 10, 8, or 8 Plus. One thing that Apple does really well is that they Kind of control their hardware and software, and Google picking up uh, uh, a team that built some of the Pixel phones from HTC tells you that pulling together your product is not a horrible idea of getting the hardware and software put together so that you're not just designing it and sending out. Uh, Google did that, and they grew a hell of a user base of um, their phone uh, software but they never got really a strong loyal to any of the hardware. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Uh, Uber's lost its license to operate in London. They're not publicly traded, but private investors are losing money on that one on valuation. Which brings up a quick question for you. Um, valuation, uh, paper valuation versus real money. You get into a car crash, it's going to cost you a $1,000 on a deductible or $500 on a deductible. But if your stock goes up, are you rich? If the stock goes down, are you poor? Did you sell it? Did you buy it? You know, what happened? Um, so valuation is something that a lot of people don't start to think about. And they look at a stock price and they think they've lost money, but you haven't lost money until you sell it. Jimmy Kimmel's turning into quite the spokesperson right now. He blasted the Trump, Graham, uh, casting and third night of tax on the Republican health bill. Um, it's almost, I'm not going to say surreal, I had, you know, how the news is being determined in the United States by people like Jon Stewart, and then the torch is being passed on to John Oliver and Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel, and then you look at the other late night talk show hosts, and you're like, why aren't you being political? And politics is getting ratings. Late night host Jimmy Kimmel once again had lit in the Republican health care bill during his monologue last night. Kimmel went oh. after President Trump and two authors of the bill oh. and other Republicans on the latest attempt to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. The host, along with a large number of health care experts and even some GOP lawmakers, said the current graham Casty bill would undercut protections for people with pre-existing conditions and cut the amount of federal funding for health care to states. Um, pretty interesting that, you know, again— who's rising up and being the voice of America? Comedians, late night talk show hosts. Uh, We're not really getting it from our news anchors in any way, shape or form. I'll just go with that. You know, I'll just go with that and say, hmm, let's let's think about that for a second. Rollovers on IRAs are keeping the IRA relative. Relative and uh, keep track of your Roth IRA contributions. So says Ed Slot, founder of Ed Slot and Company. He's all over PBS, and some of the stuff he does is a little bit shady, in my opinion. Some of the stuff he does is pretty smart. Um, do not, do not use. Do not go out and buy insurance plans is my cautionary tale. But most Americans don't contribute new money to IRAs. Even fewer take advantage of the catch-up contribution, but rollovers, they remain a vibrant area of IRA creativity, with continuing growth likely ahead as more baby boomers retire and younger workers switch jobs. Rollovers don't receive as much attention as IRA contributions do, because they're relatively simple transactions. Rollovers are movements of money from one type of tax-sheltered account to another, um, and If you listen to CFP, Chad Burton, he'll talk about rolling over an IRA to a Roth, paying your taxes, um, and then having a source of you know Roth income, even if you are above the threshold to contribute to a Roth, you can contribute to an IRA and then roll it over to a Roth. It's kind of a loophole. It's kind of silly, but it's there. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. A lot going on. Um, you have a stock market that is had a great year. Let's start with had a great year up to this point. Then you mix in a little bit of what else is going on. And this is where it starts getting, I think, a little bit more interesting. When you have the December rate hike odds at 66 percent, the Federal Reserve speakers are on tap in the next couple of weeks that we're going to be paying attention to. A couple weeks ago, there was a 22 percent chance that the Fed would raise interest rates in December. I'm going on record that the Federal Reserve is going on record that the end of cheap money is over and that they plan to raise interest rates to make money more costly or more normalized, historically speaking. The Fed Funds Future Market predicts 66% odds that the Federal Reserve will hike rates in December. But there were three Fed speakers scheduled to speak today, ultimately, who could change the odds. First up, San Francisco's Fed Chief, John Williams, who's a little sanguine about the impact of shrinking the Fed's balance sheet and what effects it's going to have on the U.S. economy. The Federal Reserve issued trillions of dollars of debt. They printed the money to pay for it. And then as that debt matures and the interest is no longer paid— to themselves, they are retiring that debt, and it's going to start off slowly, but it's going to have a bit of a build to it. This is pretty interesting stuff, because where the Fed funds rates goes on the 10-year Treasury is something we're going to be paying attention to. It's expected the Fed's going to raise rates one more time this year, three more times next year, and then one more time in 2019. So we're already starting to talk about 2018, this will be like i said the end of um cheap money and we've been in an eight year nine year bull market based on that's right cheap money then it's gonna be up to companies to earn money to come up with a new product to build revenue to push more of it to the bottom line and uh you know The Federal Reserve will be there for the next time there's a crisis. They'll be able to lower interest rates to stimulate growth. They did their job. They've stimulated growth. We have a record all-time high on stock market, and we have records uh, on home prices. This will make a home more expensive. And for me, if you want to squeeze in getting a home at super low rates, you've got about six to nine months to do it. And if the Fed does what they expect to do and the economy does what the Fed expects them to do, they're going to do it. So, investors are clamoring for information right now, and I'm trying to tell you right here, right now, that the big run that we've had in the last eight, nine years, it's given it up a little bit. So, um, you know, you have to be with me or you have to be against me on this one. Uh, the 10-year treasury sits at 225. So, I've always said that you buy stocks when the 10-year treasury is under three and a half four 4%. Um, and it's been under 3.5%, 4% for a long time. And guess what? If you bought stocks, you were rewarded. So it's not like I'm wrong on that. Um, but as the Fed raises interest rates, you will see the stock market get stickier and more problematic. Um, so I'm throwing that out there as kind of a you know a nice little reminder and courtesy to you that you know this bull market will end so when you go back to you know 2007 10 years ago before this bull market started the 10-year treasury was at 4.6 percent better to buy bonds and then the 10-year treasury started to drop under 4 percent basically nine years ago and that was your time to be buying the stocks again that's the only advice you needed to hear from me. You could have gone out and made love all weekend long. You could have gone out and watched the 49ers games five times and go, did they really just beat the spread with the craziest last second three minutes to destroy betters in, in Vegas? Yeah, they kind of did. Yeah, that kind of happened. So that's out there. So, uh... I think this is the time to start looking at your portfolio and say, you know, am I really comfortable with, with this exposure and you don't get out today, but you start having a plan to get out for what do higher interest rates mean? Um, for banks, it means good things. So you may want to be picking up exposure there. Consult the broker advisor for taking action any suspension. If you need a part-time job changing topics, but can't make it, work on a minimum wage or even double minimum wage. Lucky for you, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Stats came out with a list of part-time jobs that pay $20 or more. That's triple times the typical um, federal uh, minimum wage. Top five jobs for $20 an hour or more. Registered nurse. The average hourly pay is $32. Registered nurse. Number four, physical therapy assistant. Um, they help train people and work in the field. They earn an average of twenty one dollars an hour, and the need for physical therapy assistance rising um, more than double digits not more than double digits high double digits um, on a year over year basis. The job typically requires an associate 's degree next up a respiratory therapist they earn an average of twenty eight dollars an hour with growth projected at twelve plus percent The job typically requires an associate 's degree number two on the list a diagnostic medical sonographer. Uh, takes pretty pictures of people's insides they make an average of $35 an hour with a projected growth rate of 26% the job typically requires an associate's degree and finally number one dental hygienist you can scrape plaque for a living uh, maybe one of the grossest jobs on the planet. At $35 an hour, it cushions the blow of the disgustingness. Job typically requires an associate's degree as well. So um, things like tutors, you can make up to $75 an hour. Interpreter, 29, uh, $22 an hour. We uh, can do it at schools, at hospitals, at courtrooms. Massage therapist, they're doing pretty well, earning 21 $22 an hour. Um, then again, you get into things like serving, bartending, catering, chefing, is that a word? Personal assisting, nannying, personal shopping, landscaping, dog walking, and you can all do well with some under the tax man's, uh, belt kind of money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.